morning. Hey, yeah, that's crazy. It's good to be with you all this morning. Um, for those of you who have been with us the last few weeks, we've kind of been on a journey. Um, we've been on a, a, a cinematic Christmas journey. And we've looked at several different Christmas stories um, that we share every year, right? We watch these Christmas movies. It's a Wonderful Life. We watch our favorite Christmas movies. Maybe it's White Christmas. Um, maybe you kind of go off the beaten path and you look for uh, more obscure ones like Jingle All the Way to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, whatever it is, you, you, you have these, these traditions, right? We have these, these Christmas movies that we love to watch. Um, and often they share some kind of truth in it, right? A lot of times these Christmas stories convey some kind of idea of breaking down the commercialism, breaking down all of these, these trends that we've created of making Christmas something more than it really is. And, and usually it revolves around some kind of plot of, of family and love and joy and peace. Um, those are the themes that we see emerge from these stories. But really a lot of times what we get out of these stories too is kind of half-truths. Um, they're not necessarily wrong, but it's not the whole thing either. Um, so we haven't been doing this to... Um, make you despise your favorite Christmas movies. Uh, we haven't been doing this to say, ah, don't watch those anymore. Um, but we have been doing this to say, man, there's some stuff about God that's weaved into our culture, um, and sometimes we miss the whole picture. Sometimes we think we see the whole picture, but there's more there. And so we're trying to unearth some of that. We're trying to dig some of that up. And that's what we're doing today um, as well. Um, looking at scripture, seeing what scripture has to say, and, and, and looking at some of these familiar stories um, that we know so well. And as Christmas gets closer, um, probably some of you are maybe feeling that anxiety start to build now. Uh, maybe it's been building for a while, um, but the pressure is on now. We're getting pretty close, only a little bit more than a week away till Christmas Day. It's coming. It's looming over some of our heads. Show, show of hands, how many people are done with their, all of their Christmas shopping? Wow, there's a few in here. Pretty good. How many of you still have a lot of Christmas shopping left to go? How many of you let your spouse take care of all the Christmas shopping so you're always done? <laughs> it's a wonderful thing to be, to be married to somebody who does Christmas shopping for me. Um, yeah, that's right. But, but you're starting to feel maybe some of that stress, that anxiety build up. And, and, and it's all kind of culminating in this day, Christmas Day. Whether you celebrate it on the 25th or your family has a tradition of doing it on the 24th or some other day because you work and you guys have jobs that work over the holidays, whatever it is, there's this day that we're, we're moving towards, right? And, and once that day is done, we can breathe and it's done and it's in the past and then we get to wait another 364 days until that comes back again. We've just got to get through the day. We've just got to make it happen. We've just got to make Christmas happen this year. Especially if, if you're a parent, um, there's this pressure to make Christmas happen for your kids. You've got to make sure that they get the right toys. Whatever the hot toy is this year that's going to sell off the shelves, it's probably too late already. You probably can't find it now. It's probably already sold out. But there's this pressure to make Christmas happen. To, to do what we can to create that sense of feeling and excitement that maybe we felt as children or maybe we missed out on as children. 
We want to make Christmas happen. And so I want to show a clip from a movie, Jingle All the Way, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's not a widely popular film. Maybe some of you have never even heard of this film in here. But it's a story not all that unfamiliar. It's a story about a dad who's so busy in his job, he doesn't realize or take care of his son or, or his wife the way he ought to, but he means well. The reason he's so focused at work is so that he can provide a good life for them, but, but he just doesn't get it, right? He doesn't get that they just want to be with him. So he finds out his son needs this new action figure that's, oh, it's the coolest toy. And all the other kids are going to have one this year. And if you don't have one, in the words of his son, I'm going to be a loser. I say, man, my son's not going to be a loser. We're going to make sure my son has this cool toy. And he's the coolest kid in class. And so he goes on this journey on December 24th to find this toy, to find this Christmas gift. And you can probably figure, in typical 90s movie fashion, hijinks ensue. Uh, he runs all around town trying to get this toy for his son. Several different opportunities where, where the toy is in his grasp and it just slips away. There's even a run-in he has with a, a gang of Santa Clauses who are uh, selling toys to make a profit out of a warehouse. There's a whole drug bust. Well, not drug, but there's a whole bust of the operation, and, and he gets mixed up in it. And it's, it's just goofy hijinks the whole way through. He's so desperate to make sure Christmas happens for his son. He'll do anything for it. He'll run all around town. He'll run in with police. He'll chase after ladies in cars. He'll assault mailmen. He'll do whatever it takes to make sure Christmas can happen for his son. I want to read our scripture today. And uh, this is actually my favorite telling of the Christmas story in the scripture. Um, it's different than all the other ones. And probably some of you are familiar with it. Um, but it's not the typical story. It's not the story that we see featured over here in our nativity. There's no shepherds. No angels. There's no Mary. There's no Joseph. There's just God. God moving to us. This is what it says in the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, starting in verse 1 through verse 18. In the beginning was the Word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. Not the John here in the book, but John the Baptist. Verse 7. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And through the world, or I'm sorry, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Verse 14, the word became flesh 
and he made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made known. The Word became flesh. The Word, Jesus Christ, was with God in the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all together, before this all started. Before we breathed, before we thought, before we moved, before there was even a world that existed, was God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, all God. And God moves to us. And that's what Christmas is all about, in the words of Linus. That's what Christmas is all about, God moving to us. This man, Emperor Constantine, for those of you who know your history, you know that he was the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire in the early 300s. When Rome was the strongest and most uh, I don't even know the word, but they, they were uncomparable on the world stage. Nobody could stand up to the Roman Empire. This is the same Roman Empire that not too long before this crucified Jesus, rounded up Christians wherever they could find them to execute them or imprison them. And then we get Constantine. And Constantine is known as the first Christian emperor. Something happened in his life, and we don't have time to go into the story and the details there, but something happened in his life, and, and God got a hold of him. Jesus became real to him. Not just a real threat, but he became real God, real loving. And so Constantine flipped a switch in the Roman Empire. And so this, this nation that was once crucifying and hanging and, and rounding up Christians wherever they could was now uh, making Christianity the state religion. If you live here, that is your religion. You are a Christian. Because we are Romans. Total change. The first known date uh, where December was celebrated on December 25th was December 25th, 336 AD. Under Emperor Constantine. Celebrated Christmas Day. And now we knew this is when Christmas happens. Dating was a lot harder back then, right? To figure out when people were born. We didn't have birth certificates like, the, like we do today. Mary and Joseph's names and their social security numbers and their places of birth weren't all on a piece of paper, neat and tidy, next to Jesus' name. It said, Jesus, uh, born this time, this many pounds, this many ounces, with his fingerprints, toe prints. On. That didn't exist. So Constantine says, we need to know when we're going to celebrate this thing, so we're going to do it December 25th, 336. Um, it was actually a, a couple of years later where it actually became law that we were going to celebrate on December 25th, somewhere around 340 A.D. Under Pope Julius I. 
And ever since then, ever since like 340 AD, Christians all over the world have celebrated Christmas on December 25th. That is the day we celebrate Jesus' birth. We don't know if he was born on December 25th. And we can get into all kinds of historical data, which I'm not going to bore any of you guys with, about figuring out when Jesus was actually born, whether he was born then or some other time. It doesn't matter because we celebrate it on December 25th, right? And ever since then, we've celebrated on December 25th, and we built our lives around that. We build our schedules around that. Our, our whole winter season is built around this culminating event of Christmas. I mean, really, since we get in school in end of August and then moving through September, we're, we're moving towards that. We've got Halloween in October, then we've got Thanksgiving. It's like we're building up, right? There's this, this culminating of effort of things are happening. We're progressing, and we're seeing family a little bit more. And I don't want to see family anymore, but, but it's coming anyway. So Christmas is here. And we say, man, if I can just get past December 25th, I'll have another 364 days until I have to think about Christmas happening again. Many people lament how early Christmas decorations go out, right? Some of you in here hate seeing Christmas decorations on November 1st out in the store, right? Halloween just finished, and and we're Christmas now. Well, what about Thanksgiving, right? But it's all this effort to make Christmas happen, to build up. And this isn't, this isn't a message about non-commercialism. Um, we can have a conversation about commercialism, but there's something bigger here. There's something deeper here than, than don't go buy decorations. Decorations are great. They're nice. They're pretty. It's fun. It's festive. There's some joy to be had in it. But there's something bigger going on. Santa Claus himself, in the movie Miracle on 34th Street, had something to say about the commercialism of Christmas. Christmas isn't just a day. It's a frame of mind. That's what Santa Claus just said. It's a frame of mind. Where we've got to get our heads into the right place. We've got to understand the right concepts. We've got to understand what we're doing here. Remember how I said earlier, half-truths, not all the way. Christmas is more than just a a frame of mind. Christmas is a condition of the world. Or maybe a better term than condition would be a position of the world. It's where we are. We are in Christmas. We are in a time and a place where the God of the universe, who created everything, who existed before the world, moved across the galaxy came to live as a mortal human being in order that he could die on the cross for you and for me. We are in Christmas. Not because it's December 25th. Not because we're in the month that Christmas is celebrated. We are always in Christmas. And we are always in Christmas whether you believe in Jesus Christ or you don't. That's where we are. That's the condition of the world. A God who loved us enough to suffer. A God who need not suffer. God knew no pain or suffering. Until he chose to live like we live. Until he chose to take your sins and my sins to the cross. 
Christmas isn't a day. And it's more than a frame of mind. It's a condition of the world. This means a few things. After December 25th, on December 26th, guess what? Christmas isn't over. Christmas isn't done. And if you're anticipating the end of Christmas, well, guess what? It is coming still. Jesus is coming back again, and he will fully restore and reestablish everything that was supposed to be. But right now, we're in Christmas. We're in a world where God came to us, lived like us, walked like us, talked like us, did everything in between like us, in order that we could know him. That's what John says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I don't know about you, it, it, John's story is so different than, than Matthew's and Luke's. Um, they read like a, a narrative. They read like a, a storybook. But John's, John just writes differently. And John tells a story using these metaphors that kind of can get confusing. This Word idea. But what he's saying is everything that is encapsulated in who God is and what he wants us to know about himself is all wrapped up in Jesus. Everything that God wants to communicate about himself is wrapped up in Jesus. I mean, we talk about the Bible, and we call the Bible our word a lot of times, and, and that's the story that tells us about Jesus. Jesus is the word. Jesus is how we know God, how we communicate with God, how we talk to God, how God talks to us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then he moved. He, the word became flesh. And he made his dwelling among us. And, and just sit with that for a second. Just sit with that. God chose to be next to you. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. Whether you're here every week or it's hard to get here. Whether you're at home, whether you're away. Whether your days are happy, whether they're dark. God chose to be with you. Because of that, we've seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. It's a very simple sermon today. A very simple message. That we can't get caught up in this idea that, that God is still far away. We can't get caught up in this idea that, that we can somehow compartmentalize God to a, a segment in our calendars. That Christmas is great. I love Christmas. And yeah, we celebrate Jesus at Christmas, but then after Christmas, we're good. No. Christmas doesn't stop. Christmas goes with you. It's where we are as a people, as a planet. Because of this, we can't make Christmas happen. 
parents, you can't make Christmas happen for your kids. You can't make Christmas happen for your loved ones, your family. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure that we, the house is cleaned up right. We've got the right decorations. We've got the lights out. We've got the right food for the Christmas dinner. We can't make Christmas happen. Christmas happened already. It's not dependent on us. God did it already. And because we can't make Christmas happen, guess what? We can't stop Christmas from happening either. I shared a few weeks ago with the teens, we've been going through a simple Christmas on Wednesday nights. And we've talked about this same kind of concept of, of breaking down all the complexities and all the stressors of Christmas and saying, what is Christmas really about? And one of those weeks we talked about the story of the Grinch, right? How the Grinch stole Christmas. And his, his whole thing is, how do I stop Christmas from happening? I've got to figure out a way to just stop it. It's too much. And what the Grinch learned was, well, you can't stop it. You can't stop Christmas. Christmas wasn't dependent on the Grinch. And Christmas wasn't really even dependent on the Who's or their decorations or their Who hash or their roast feast or whatever else. It wasn't dependent on that. Christmas was dependent on something more. Christmas is dependent on Jesus' movement to us. And that's why we celebrate it. That's why we praise him. That's why we worship him. That's why we're here today. It's kind of weird um, preaching in the middle of the sermon because I know you guys are pretty much done now with me. You're ready to see the kids. And I get that. My, my boys will be up here too. But our movement hasn't changed since we've come in this place this morning. Everything we've done today has been about worshiping the God who came across the galaxy to sit next to us. And that's what's going to happen the rest of this morning as well. As we hear the story, and we watch the kids, and we heard cats, it's about a God who's that invested in our lives. Who's that close to us, that intimate with us, that loving, that caring. Will you pray with me? God, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed this morning, and I have been, um, by the fact that, I mean, you did that. You moved from a place of perfection, holiness, purity, no problems, to this place. A good God, a loving God, a gracious God who, who moved to be next to me for some reason. God, may we praise you with our lives. Not just for the next nine days as we go to Christmas. But may we take Christmas with us wherever we go. It's a, it's a condition where we are. That we're constantly in a state of awe and wonder of the God who moved to us. Jesus, we love you. We want to honor you with our lives and bring you glory now and forevermore.